So the Jews took that seriously. And so right when the child was able to talk, the father of the household was to start teaching them to store up God's word in their mind and in their heart. And so we see this. So this was just a given. And this will help you to be able to actually meditate day and night. So memorization is a part of Haggah, but it's not one of the actual definitions. All the other words here we're going to look at are def absolute definitions of the word Haggah in the Hebrew. So number three is the word imagine. Meditation has to do with imagination. Sometimes I think probably a very select few people fear imagination. They think, oh, it's an imagination. New age. Well, think about it. Could anybody ever have you know, built a house without some imagination? No, right? Can anybody ever build a car without imagination? No. Uh, it takes imagine. There's good imagination and there's bad imagination. If you're imagining a bad thing, it would be bad. If you're imagining something good, it would be good. I mean, it's, it's just really as simple as that. And Ellen White tells us right in the book of uh, uh, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, the very first page, she tells us that we should imagine basically being in the disciples' uh, basically experience. Experience what the disciples went through at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, enter into the thoughts and feelings of the disciples as they're sitting at the Savior's feet. Some people have been like, oh, that's going a little too far. No. I mean, do you want the Bible to just be dead what, black and white pages? No. It's to experience. And as you experience, wow, how would it have been to have Jesus, you be the leper. And, and Jesus, let's, let's just imagine. We'll, we'll, I'll, we'll do the leper in just a minute. But, so you meditate, you memorize, you imagine. You, this is another definition of Haggah, to study. So this is a way to study your Bible, to meditate memorize, imagine, study. So let's say you're reading about Paul, and Paul goes to the city of Iconium, <coughs> or Ephesus for that matter. Well, how much do you know of Ephesus? You might remember a few things. Oh yeah, there was the goddess Diana in Ephesus. My wife and I just last year had the opportunity for recording a documentary. We went over to Ephesus, and um, we got to see the actual statue, and they have it there, of the goddess Diana. I mean, it's probably, you know, so tall, and I got to stand right there in front, you know, this, this goddess Diana. And it's a many-breasted goddess, and, and you just realize this was an immoral situation that Paul mm -hmm. was entering into. And so you don't have to go to Ephesus to figure that out. You can just read some of the, you know, the history of the city of Ephesus, what Paul went through. And as you study that out, now you read about Paul going there, and it just brings to life. this. We, we many times think anciently people were just kind of more moral. Like, ah, we live in wicked times now. But boy, they lived in wicked times then too. And you realize, okay, this is what Paul was going through. So maybe study it out of it. You could eat. Sometimes you could do something as simple as a Wikipedia. I mean, literally look up something. And many times the, the information they'll have on historical sites are going to be accurate. Most of the time they're actually going to be because other people who have studied these things are comparing. I'm not saying everything is true on Wikipedia. I'm just giving you an idea. It's a possibility. And another definition of the word Haggah is the word talk. So then actually talk about what you're thinking about with other people, especially maybe somebody spiritual around you. And one of the things I found is if you actually do what... The word hagav, the word meditate in the Hebrew means, if, if you find your Bible study kind of dead and lifeless, by putting this into practice, you may find that it actually brings life to your Bible study. Instead of it being a dead, lifeless, just, you know, people say in chapter 8 to keep the devil away, uh, instead of just being some habit that you have, it's good to have it a habit. There's nothing wrong with it being a habit that daily I spend time in the Word of God. But we want it to be something we actually think about. We do contemplate it. And it changes us while we do. And maybe we share it with each other, and 
your friend may find some insight that you haven't. And so the, this, and, and one of the ways to remember Haggah, or what these words are, the definition of Haggah, is it spells out incorrectly the word mist. So doing this can help, you know, push away the mist that you have when you read a, the word of God so that you can see it more clearly. M-M-I-S-S-T. Obviously, it's not spelled accurately, but you get the point. So it's, it clears away the mist as you actually begin to do this. And over time, in the beginning when I read the Bible, I got almost nothing out of it. When I went, I had just become an Adventist about two weeks before. I went to the Mission College of Evangelism. It was in the Black Hills of South Dakota at the time. And I didn't know what an Adventist did. And so I now was living in a, with a roommate. And he, was, he had already gone through the class. And so uh, I'm sitting there, and I don't know what an Adventist does. And so at right around 5 in the morning, um, he's sitting there, and I hear him shuffle a little, and I, I, I look. And he just he doesn't even stand up. He just rolls out of bed, and he kneels down and starts praying. So I thought, well, that's what Adventists do. So I rolled out of bed, and I just started praying, you know, and just did whatever he did. And then it was time for devotion. So what did I do? I had my devotions, you know. And so from 5 till 8 in the morning, three hours every day, I was having devotions. And I remember for probably months, I'm reading, you know, having devotions like three hours a day. And, and uh, then somebody, you know, Pastor Torres came to me. He's like, oh, what did you read for devotions this morning? And I had read for three hours. And you know what I told I don't remember. <laughs> I don't have a clue what I read, you know? Because you know, I, I just wasn't, it was, this was all so new to me, I couldn't even retain what I was reading. But you know, I was doing it anyway, and over time, my mind got stronger. God's, remember, she says nothing is so calculated to strengthen the intellect as a study of the Word of God. And so over time, my mind, I'm a different person than I used to be because of the Word of God. And I didn't like reading the Bible in the beginning, but it changed me so that I actually began to enjoy reading the Word of God. And so I want to challenge you to try this out. And I'm going to give you just several quick reasons on why it's beneficial to memorize the Word of God. I love practical stuff. I really love to share with things that are practical so that people can take with them. And uh, so some of the reasons for Bible memorization is, number one, to know God. Just like we said, Deuteronomy 6, 4, 5, and 6, tell us, Hear, O Israel, Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart. So connected with loving God with all your heart is storing up his word in your mind and in your heart. Those two things, are, they're just, they're just you know, inseparably put together there in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So it helps us know God better. Number two, we are cleansed by the word of God. You ever feel dirty? You ever have a dirty mind? Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse 3, Now you are clean through the word of God, which I have spoken unto you. That's good news, huh? Mm -hmm. So we can be cleansed by the word of God. That's John 15, verse 3. Number 3, that the word of God can keep us from sin. You may remember that, that those two verses in Psalms 119, beginning in verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to your word? So how is a young man going to cleanse his way? Psalms 119, verse 9 says... By paying attention to the word of God. And then it says in verse 11, Thy word have I what? Hidden my heart. Hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. So it can keep us, number three, from sin. Number four, that it can actually, it, it, when we learn to pray, it, when we learn to meditate upon God's word and we abide in it, 
it helps us in the area of answered prayer. You say, what do you mean? John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So that does not mean that if you memorize a bunch of scripture and then ask God for a fancy car, he will give it to you. What it does mean is if, if you're storing up God's word and you're, memor you're not just memorizing, is you're meditating upon his word and as you're being changed by it, your prayers will be more in tune with God's will. And if we pray according to his will, whatsoever we ask, it will be done unto us, First John chapter 5 tells us, verse 14 and 15. So, so our prayers will become more united to God, and it will help us in the area of answered prayer. And not only that, have you ever prayed with somebody or heard somebody pray, and in their prayer, they, are, they just have the word of God just, just on the tip of their tongue. They're just, it just comes out as a part of their prayer. There's something very special about that. It's very touching. It's very, it touches your heart when you hear someone doing that. And so there's, it, it helps us to connect with God in a very special way. Number five. It helps us to better know the truth. Because 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 says, Take heed, that means watch out, watch yourself. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you shall both save yourself and those who hear you. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. So it helps us to know the truth. If we have some of God's words stored up in our minds and in our hearts... It helps us to know the doctrine better. And we are told, people say, ah, doctrine doesn't really matter. But as we said, it says that doctrine both saves you and other people, right? So when you know the word of God, you won't be swept away by every wind of doctrine. Number six, uh, storing of God's word in your mind and in your heart helps you in the area of witnessing. Now, that could be maybe you're out at the grocery store and you don't have time to give a whole Bible study to the lady at the grocery, you know, but, but she's struggling with something, and you have just a word in season. It helps your witness. The Bible says in Isaiah 50, verse 4, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakens morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as the learned. Jesus spent that time daily in the Word of God and was enabled to share that Word with others because he was meditating on God's Word and spending time with Him. So number six is for witnessing. Number seven, like we talked about in Joshua 1 verse 8, it helps us to be enabled to meditate day and night. We've already talked about that. Number eight, storing up God's Word in your mind and in your heart will actually strengthen your brain. Ellen White said this, but now modern science backs it up. I wondered for years, what would be the what happens to the human brain when you memorize scripture? Well, nobody that I know of yet has done a study on that. Maybe they have, and I just haven't figured it out. But they did do a study on what's called rote memorization. R-O-T-E. That that means when somebody takes a written passage and goes over it and over it and over it and over it until they literally have it memorized. That's rote memorization. What they discovered, this was done in Ireland, and what they discovered is that they took people ages about 55 to 75, somewhere right around there, and so these are not kids. They put them on a regimen of memorizing written passages, 500 words <coughs> per week. You know, if you were to type out like a whole single space page, it'd be like 300. So this is like over an entire page of writing every single week. 
And these people are 55 to 70 something. So these are not kids. What they discovered was they did brain scans before and after. They discovered that as they scanned the brains that it seemed to be producing what is called neuroplasticity. It actually seemed to be changing the structure of the brain. But they also discovered, because they did some tests, some uh, memory tests with them, they discovered that it increased their memory on three different levels. They discovered that as we get older, we tend to forget what we did the last few days. We're like, what did I do this? Man, I can't remember. Well, it increased their ability to remember what they did the last few days. It increased their, number two, their ability to remember lists of things. And number three, it increased their ability to be able to read a passage and to retain what they had read. So it actually increased the strength of these older people's minds. Isn't that powerful? How many things do you know of that actually can increase memory? Not very many. But this is one thing, and this is why I believe whenever God commands us, he commands us to memorize. And I think there's always multiple reasons. Number one, the most important reason is the spiritual connection with him. But he knows that it also will strengthen our mind even into our older years. Mm. I met one, I have one of our Adventist schools in Arkansas. One of the teachers made their students memorize just a bunch of Bible verses. And he told me that because, one of the students I should say, one of the students who came out of that school, he said because of that teacher making us do that, he said, I believe that I had to study much less in my other classes because I really believe that that strengthened my brain. I believe it. I believe that is true. Because I've noticed that even like when I have a time period where I'm really memorizing, my mind is sharper. Then I don't do it for a while, and I notice that my mind just is not as sharp as when I am consistently spending time storing up God's word in the mind and the heart. So, so it's a benefit to your brain. Number 10... It helps you to be able to claim the promises of God. We talked about that. So it helps you to claim promises because you have them with you all the time. They're right there. The more you have, the better. And they can help other people because you can share a promise with somebody else. So that can be a benefit too. And number 11, the memorized Bible may be the only Bible you have in the future. You say, is that true? Ellen White says in a book called Last Day Events, which is a compilation, I believe it's on page 67. She says the words, The time will come when many will be deprived of the written word. But if this word is printed in the memory, no one can take it from us. I'll say it again. She says, The time will come when many will be deprived of the written word. But if this word is printed in the memory, no one can take it from us. Now, you, you've read it. It is long yes. Do you know about that? Yes. And you think about this. The book of Job says, in Job chapter 23, I want to say verse 11 to 12, but let's look so I don't kill it and tell you the wrong verse. Uh, Job 23. You know, Ellen White says you shouldn't quote and fumble over verses in front of people, so be better for me to just read this one. Yep. Verse 11. It says, My foot has held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back on the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my, what? Necessary food. Necessary food. Uh, a friend, uh, on the subject of reading your Bible, a friend of mine, he decided that he would not eat food any time in a day. Ever. 
unless he had spent time in the Word of God. Now, if you made a covenant like that with God, do you think you'd find time to read your Bible? <laughs> I'll bet you would, because most of us have this thing that we enjoy food, right? And so he decided, I'm not going to eat until, until, until that point, you know? Um, and I want you to think about this. And that actually was not the verse I was thinking of going to. It's powerful verses, but uh, we can even think back to what it says in Psalms 119, verse 11. We already, we already looked at it. But it said, Thy word have I hid. Now, why do you hide something? Normally, there's, there could be many different reasons. One of the reasons you hide stuff is so that others don't take it away from you, right? Somebody just had here, uh, at, who's a part of the conference, had their car broken into last night, you know? At the hotel. We've had our car broken into multiple times, and so we typically, typically try to hide stuff a little bit. And it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart. She tells us the time will come and many will be deprived of the written word. But if that word is printed in the memory, nobody can take it from us. So we can hide it here. The only place. You see, I may think, oh, you know, why do I need to memorize the Bible when I can look up any verse at any time on my phone? Who needs to memorize stuff? The fact is, the time will come where I won't want to run around the mountains, you know, fleeing in the time of trouble with this thing in my pocket. Right? Anyway. What's that? Won't work anyway. Yeah, the battery's going to die within very short order. But even if it didn't die, it's a wonderful tracking device. Right? In the end of time, you're not going to want to do that, right? Uh, they will find you. They will find you. Yeah, they'll find you. So you're going to have to get rid of your, your phone. And hey, if you're blessed with having a pocket Bible, she doesn't say the time will come where everyone will be deprived. She says many. So are you a part of the many? You don't know, right? You're not sure. You don't know if you'll be cast into prison or you'll flee to the mountains. Uh, but either way, wouldn't it be good to have some of the Word of God, no matter what, with you? Yeah, it would be such a blessing, and it is a blessing. You find the blessing. So it's not just for a future time of trouble, but it's even for now, right? It is for the future time of trouble also. So I'm going to share with you quickly how to keep the Scripture with you forever. Uh, some people say, I cannot do it. I just cannot do it. I'm going to give you a little illustration real quick. Imagine I told you that, you know who Bill Gates is? Not David Gates, but Bill Gates. He's the richest man in the world. It goes back and forth between him and one or two other people. But he's basically one of the richest people on the planet. He's a multi, multi, multi-billionaire. So he has so much money, he's never going to be able to spend it in his lifetime. Unless he became a gambler or something, which I assure you, he probably won't. But let's say he was one of my best friends. He's not, but just for the illustration's sake, he's my very best friend on earth. And, and I talked to Bill, and I said, I'm going, um, going to Auburn, and I'm going to be speaking, and uh, you have a bunch of money you can't even use. Can you, would you be willing to give me some money uh, to the people who are coming? He's like, yeah, Chad, I love you so much. Whatever, yeah, I can't spend it all anyway. Uh, okay, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer to every person who comes to my seminar that for every verse over the course of one week, that they will memorize. For each verse they memorize, they will get $10,000. You memorize 10, you get 100. You memorize 20, you get 200,000. If you were able somehow to memorize 100 verses in a week, you'd get a million dollars. Now, do you think, if I were offering that to you, do you think you could memorize a verse or two in a week? Great motivator, yeah. 
it's a good motivator. You'd be like, well, yes. I mean, I really need to pay pay off my car. I need to buy a house. I could buy a house, probably not in California, but you know, I could buy a house in some other state where it don't cost so much money. You know. Exactly. You're like, I'm, I'm off of work this week, right? And you understand what I'm saying. Now you could do it because you have plenty of motivation. Yes or no? So it's generally not that I really can't do it. It's I'm not motivated to do it. Now, here's the thing. Maybe somebody has a serious mental, uh, what would we say? Maybe you really struggle with some you know, memory. And I understand that. And God understands. And you know, he knows where you're at. So I'm going to share with you two different ways to memorize God's word. One is for those who cannot do it. And one is though for those who think, yeah, I could probably do it. it maybe it's not easy, but I could do it. So how do we hide the word of God in our hearts? The first one, I didn't make this up. Actually, this was made up around 100 years ago. I read the book by the guy who uh, made it up, and you learn the same thing in the FAST program. But it was set a long time ago. So the question, how do we do it? Well, first of all, set a goal. How many verses you'd like to memorize? Maybe two verses a week. That would be a good thing to start with. Uh, and set number two, have a specific time set to memorize. For you, it could be right before you go to bed. It could be right when you have your devotions in the morning. You could tie it into the devotions. You know, whenever, maybe it's before lunch or whatever it is. You can, you, you can choose. It's not up to me. Number three, continually compile verses for future memorization. I found that when I run out of my list to memorize, I typically just kind of stall on and don't memorize for a while. But when, I, when I'm making a list and I, and I have them written down somewhere, I'm much more likely to actually be consistently memorizing. So having a list is so very important. And uh, one of the things I say is always be on the lookout for new texts and compile a list of those texts. So always be on the lookout, meaning when you're having your devotions, you're like, man, that verse just hits me. It totally, I, I just, I, I really, res that verse really resonates with me. Write that down. Or you hear a sermon at church and your pastor shares a text, you're like, wow, that would be powerful to have that with me at all times. Write it down. Uh, so compile those texts. And um, number four, when you're, before you read it, read the context. You don't want to take a text out of context because you can make up what the verse doesn't mean, right? And uh, also, understanding the context can sometimes help facilitate the memorization. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you remember where it's found and so forth. One of the ways to memorize, I mean, one of the popular ways is uh, Scripture Typer. I like just doing it on cards, but people love Scripture Typer. So if you want to use your phone, you can download it. And I think they allow you to do 50 verses for free, and then they make you pay if you want to you know, go more than that. Uh, but So many people love that, so if you want, you can do that. And, but, or you can do something like this, you know, having the Bible memory, um, just, just a card system. I even, let's see if I have it here. I've even done it like I bought some leather and just, I'm no leather worker, but actually it turned out looking all right, nice, you know, if I do say it so myself, but just <laughs> cut out some leather and, and uh, made a place to put some cards, you know, and it's really durable and it lasts. And you can do that, you don't have to, you can do it however you want, but just, just some ideas. And um, so basically, this, this is, what has been done, and it's been, it's, you know, many, many people have done this, and it works very well. So let's say you take a card, on one side of the card, you write the verse, Psalms 119, verse 11, <coughs> and you write the when you memorized it. And then, on the back side, you just write out the actual verse. I word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? So you write it out. And 
as you do it, then take that card, and this is just one of the ways, and I'll tell you the other way in a minute. You take it and you read it out loud ten times. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119, verse 11. Thy word, so ten times in a row. Just reading. Out loud. Out loud. It's best if you do it out loud. If you're in a situation you can, that's fine. You can do it silently. But you will know it better. What you'll find is if you memorize it in your head uh, only, then you go to try to share it with somebody, many times it'll just kind of it'll just flop all out of your mouth and it didn't come out like you, you had it in your head. Mm-hmm. It, but but me- going over it out loud just actually helps you to be able to, number one, memorize it because your ears hear it, your tongue is moving, it's bringing together more of the, your brain to actually memorize it. So if you can, do it out loud. That's, it's the best way to do it. If you can't, you can do it silently, but it's better to do it out loud. And so 10 times you're reading it, always reading where the text is found. And immediately after you've done that, try then quoting it 10 times from memory, always quoting where it's found. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee, Psalms 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee, Psalms 119, verse 11. Always sharing where the verse is found helps you to, helps lock it in your mind so you remember where it's found. And so then you're done for that day with that verse. The next day, you have to try to go over it 10 times from memory, but if you're like me, by the next day you've probably forgotten it. So now you need to go over it a few times till you get it again, and then 10 times from memory. The third day, that text, you only have to go over it one time. And then that day, and for the next 58 days, so for a total of 60 days, go over it one time after the first two days, for a total of 60 days in all. And so after that, you'll know it quite well. And how long does it take me to do this? Psalms 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119, verse 11. That's less than 10 seconds, right? Probably like five to seven seconds. So it doesn't take all that long. But then you, then they start from, you know, piling up, and then it takes a bit longer. But either way, the, your mind is strengthening, and you're able to do that. Now, if you start, let's say you're doing a verse every day. Uh, some people are real zealous and can do that. And second day, so the first day you did 10 times out loud, 10 times from memory. Second day, you do 10 times from memory, yesterday's verse, but then you're starting a new verse. So the new verse, you go read it out loud 10 times, always where it's found, and then 10 times from memory. Then the third day, you take yesterday's verse and go over it 10 times. Do you understand? I mean, it's pretty simple. You're just kind of duplicating the same process regardless of how many times you do it. But, so it's a total of 60 days for each new verse. Well, how did the ancient Israelites do it? I went and did a little bit of a study into the history of what the ancient Israelites actually did to memorize. Did they have some techniques? Well, uh, somebody had written like a, I don't know if it was a thesis or a dissertation, and I went and read, not a real exciting reading, but it's interesting just to look into what they did. It says, we frequently see in rabbinic literature the importance that repetition of memorized text and oral teaching should be carried out in a distinct voice, so out loud, to aid memorization. They would say, let your ears hear what you allow to cross your lips. This is what the Jews would say in rabbinic literature. It says, we read that Rabbi Judah B. Batira saw a pupil, saw a student mumbling as he was memorizing, and said to him, my son, open your mouth and let your words shine forth. This was... This account was given in as a general example of the way in which one of Rabbi Eliezer's pupils repeated in a whisper 
and as a result of which he forgot everything he memorized in three years. <laughs> now, the Jews would memorize significant amounts of scripture. Many of them would memorize the entirety of the Old Testament. And the way they figured out was to actually do it audibly and repeat and repeat and repeat. So we read here, the rabbis directly opposed any tendencies towards silent reading and silent repetition. Distinct pronunciation facilitated memorization and facilitated against its being forgotten. So for the Jews, they would do it audibly. And so just, just some ideas, just some thoughts from anciently. And this is quite interesting. So God is calling us to meditate upon the word. And Thomas Watson was a Puritan author in the 1600s. And what I found, because I've been memorizing for years off and on, and I have found that if, if I'm not actually meditating on those verses and I'm just memorizing them, it becomes very dry and lifeless. But if I'm actually meditating on it and connecting verses together and seeing how different passages of Scripture that I've memorized fit together and how they correlate and how they can connect, it's, it's just so powerful. It is such an amazing spiritual experience about it. Ellen White says it, and other people have said the same thing, that one of the greatest spiritual experiences many people have is Bible memorization. It's very powerful. Uh, but Thomas Watson said this, the reason we come away so cold from reading the Word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. Isn't that good? So the reason, you, you ever have it? I'll bet you've had it, I've had it. You, you go and have devotions and you walk away and it's like nothing happened. Like you didn't even have them. Yeah. But we can also, you know, like memorize the words, like in my experience, that a lot of times that material thing, which is memorized, yes. that helps to, you know, impress it even deeper in your mind. Mm -hmm. When you have an experience in the word. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. that you have memorized. For sure. You mm -hmm. memorized it, and then maybe, maybe you're able to share it with somebody right at the right time, or, mm -hmm. or you have an experience where it comes to your mind, and you're like, wow, thank you, Lord. Right? It or becomes something happens, and you're like, oh, that's what the Lord meant by this. Amen. You know, you don't think it's favorable what happened, but it's like, oh, okay, I know exactly what the word means now. Amen. Like mm -hmm. now it comes to life. Exactly. Now it's the living word of God. Right? Mm -hmm. Amen. So um, I'll share it with you just so you can hear about it. I love this quotation. It says, The reason we come away so cold from reading the Word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. And so very, very powerful. And another way to memorize Scripture, one of the easiest, is songs, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, there's, there's these Adventist folks um, who have Scripture songs and beautiful sound to them. And you listen to those, and it's like, you don't even have to try. You just memorize them, right? But another way, this is what I say. If you say, I just cannot do it. I cannot do it. What I suggest doing is this. Uh, I read this somewhere, and I like the idea. If you say, I cannot do it, don't even try. Do this instead. Write it down on a piece of paper, and read it over ten times every day. Don't try to quote it from memory. Just read it over 10 times every day. And I'll bet you'll find within days or weeks, without even trying, you'll be able to, as you're going to read it over, you'll already know what it's going to be. So you didn't even try. You just read it and read it and read it, and then it stuck in your mind. You were going to say something, brother? No. No, okay. So that's something, if you really, really think you can't do it, I would suggest giving that a try. I read a story, or actually somebody shared it with me, then I looked into it to see the story for myself. 
um, about a man by the name of Lino Stanjevich. I love this story. It's so powerful. True story. Uh, there was Lino and Antonio. They were the father and the son, and I don't remember who's who, but let's say Lino is the father. Lino uh, was put in a concentration camp during World War II. And what ended up happening was he was they put them on a starvation ration diet, so meaning they're not getting enough food, and people obviously would die just like with the Jews. And what ended up happening was he started trying something different. What he started doing is he started chewing his food a lot. Hundreds. It's like he put a bite in his mouth and chewed a hundred times. 150 times. 200, 300 times each mouthful. And what he started noticing is that it gave him more energy. And it, it kept him warmer. And he, he, after testing and testing and testing, he finally found that the sweet spot to keep him going was about 150 chews per mouthful. And he started telling the other prisoners, he said, this is amazing, guys. Listen, when you're eating your food, if you chew it 150 times, you'll notice you'll be warmer, you'll have more energy. And, you know, most people are like, whatever. Because when you're starving, what do you think you do with your food? You just gulp it down, right? Ellen White tells us chewing is very important. They did actually a scientific study where they had people, I think, chew either 50 times or 40 times. And what they found is that you actually took in more micronutrients from your yeah. food if you chewed it 40 times. Well, this man found in this starvation situation, I know, just in case you're wondering, I'm not giving you a health <laughs> tip today to, at lunch, let's go chew 150 times. You'll probably be in there for an hour and a half. But, so you probably don't have time to do that. I'm not suggesting that. But in the spiritual realm, think about this. Then what happened was, this is amazing. He told the other soldiers, or not, the other prisoners, and only two of them were willing to try it. And out of all the people with him, they were the only three to survive. Then he got out of the concentration camp. He told the story to his son. His son was later thrown into a concentration camp. And, you know, I don't know if before when his dad told the story, he thought, ah, you know, yeah, dad, you know, these stories, he walked both ways to school uphill barefoot and in the winter or what yeah i don't know if he thought that or not but, but when he was put in that same concentration camp type experience i guarantee you those thoughts came back to his mind because he said he remembered what his dad had taught him he too in that situation began to chew his food 150 times and found the strength and the energy that he needed from them and if you think about it god's word we can just rush over a few words or a few scriptures. And many times when we do that, we get very little. Now, if you don't even have the mental strength, if you're not a reader, and, and all you can do is just read a few verses, that's where you need to start. That's a good place to start, right? Amen. If that's all you can handle, don't think, oh, I need to, I need to do all these things, this deep study. No, no, no. You can get there later. But just start off with just reading a few verses. Jesus is happy with whatever you try to do for him. But if you've already been reading for years and, and you really need something more, meditating on God's word brings so much more out of it. As I shared, when I memorize scripture and I don't meditate daily on it, and I'm not connecting verses together in my mind and thinking, seeing connections, if, if I'm just memorizing, it becomes very lifeless. But when the connections are being made, when they're connected with prayer, 
it's, it's just life-giving. It's one of the most exciting parts of my spiritual life. So I just want to challenge you to give that a try. Store up some of God's Word in your mind and in your heart. I told you this one on, let's see. A um, couple texts you can memorize. You probably already know Philippians 4.13. If you don't, it's one of the easiest ones to start with. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4.13. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in you. A couple of good verses to memorize. Uh, does anybody, in closing, these are the last one of our classes, does anybody have any questions or comments? Maybe you'd like to share something or you have questions. Yes? What do you do about all the different versions? Hmm. I have picked one version that I stick with 99% of the time, but every once in a while I find a verse in another translation that I like how it sounds better. Um, not that it contradicts the other, but sometimes it just sounds really good, and, and then I write down that it's that translation. Um, I'll give you an example. I think it's Proverbs 19, verse 10. It says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. I love the way that sounds in that translation. It sounds a little different than King James. It doesn't sound very clear, and if you were to quote it, people go, huh, what does that mean? So the one who states his case first. So somebody comes along, and just like you were kind of sharing this morning, if I come along and say, my wife, she's, she's so mean, and she does all this, and, and you're like, oh, I'm so sad for this poor guy, his wife, and then you meet my wife, and you're like, oh, she's a really nice person. She's fantastic. Maybe he's full of it, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, he's just, maybe he's the one with the issues, right? The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. And I use that in the context of when I talk about evolution and creation. I do seminars on that also. And I say, look, you go to school, for, you know, public school or Adventist school, some of them teach evolution or whatever, and, and you, you go and you sit there and you listen to that, and then... Uh, they seem right. They seem right. Because nobody's questioned it. But then somebody else comes along and shows you the other side of the story, and you realize, what? You didn't tell me the whole story. So the one who states his case right first seems right until the other comes and examines him. You know, so there are certain times where I like to use a different translation, but most of the time, I, I've, you know, for me it's been the King James just because I had, I had memorized so much in it, at this point it's hard for me to go to another translation. But you pick one that you really like, and it's, it'd be better for you to pick the one you like than it, you know, most people aren't going to be doing the King James like I do, and that's just okay. Um, but find a good translation. Don't, don't, don't use a paraphrase in general. Don't go memorizing you know, the clear word. <laughs> you know, that's like the made-up version, you know? <laughs> like, you know, don't do those kind of things. It's fine if you want to read that every once in a while, but it is not a translation of the Bible. Right? It's just not. So pick a real translation. It's not like it's evil, it's just, you know, it's somebody's idea of what it is. And yes, it would teach what we believe, but it's not a translation of the Bible. You know? So pick an actual translation generally. Any other questions? Or comments. Well, thank you guys for uh, toughing it out, making it to uh, several classes here. And you know, it's been a blessing. I, I just kind of wanted to leave you with something practical. And my hope is that everybody will give it a try. And you know, I I, cha I think I did. I challenged the first night to try to memorize for two mm -hmm. months. I did that right? Two mm -hmm. months. For those of you who weren't here the first night, I challenged people for, over the course of two months, eight weeks, to try to memorize two verses per week. That would be a total of 16 verses. 
over the course of two months. And maybe, maybe you have somebody here from your church who can challenge each other and come to church and say, hey, what did you memorize? And see if you can quote it to each other. And um, over the course, and, and you'll see, it brings such a spiritual life to people. We did it with one church in uh, Chicagoland area. And to see the church members get up and quote the verses, it just, it's just such a powerful experience, especially when we're meditating on them. And like you said, we're experiencing life application mm-hmm. to these verses. So... I think we'll close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, your word is such a blessing to us. We realize the time will come, and I don't just say that as like a fear tactic, but if we knew this was true, that the time will come and many will be deprived of the written word, we might have wished somebody would have told us. And not only that, we realize... You're going to strengthen us if we cling to you every step of the way. doesn't mean it'll be easy. But Father, we know we're also told that if we don't put the effort to do it, you're not going to work a miracle to help us know it. And so, Father, I pray that we would take the time now, and you can work that miracle today, as we spend time in your word. Father, I pray that we would be transformed by the renewing of your minds, and I pray that as we store up your word, that we would have your identity lived out on this earth in our lives. As that song we've been singing says, I, thy transparent medium, your glory to display. May we experience that, Lord, where we're just a, we're just a transparent vessel that shines forth your glory. In the name of Jesus, This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.